Welcome to The Lighter Side of Dark, Season 4. Two of the world's greatest podcasters could not make it this evening. Instead, here are your hosts, Solio and Smith. No idea just what went on. You know what I'm going to blame it on? Hurricane Elsa. Let's blame everything on Hurricane Elsa. Blame it on me. It took me longer to get here because Hurricane Elsa. Well, all I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is the National Weather Service has declared a state of stupidity uh, in the state of Florida. Yeehaw. Yeah, for those of us that have have lived through, I've been through 30, it'll be 36 hurricane seasons this summer. And we have had a total of, I think, one that was a Category 2 that that came across the Tampa Bay area when I lived down in Pinellas County, and it was Charlie. And the the skies were green, and the wind was blowing horizontally, and it was nasty. And we had some, some flooding, some localized flooding, and so on and so forth. But holy crap, every hurricane is not Katrina. You would think it is. Based if you've ever if you've ever opened up a, a weather app or turn, I mean they live for this though. This is like election season for the weather people. But you do, you, know? do you you understand that hurricanes are in fact created by Home Depot and the Weather Channel? They have little machines under there that are. Dude, I swear to you, these the people on surprise. the Weather Channel. It's like a, a guy gets a hard on when he gets aroused. Women's nipples get hard, and their uh, their lower quadrant gets kind of in the moist area. But honest to God, they're like, "Well, we're talking it, about weather, I think." Right? It yes. just it just turned north northeast by three miles. You know, honest to God. And and, and let me tell you one more thing. Um, I love my in laws dearly. I really and truly do. So uh, where's they, the butt? They, they would never listen to this podcast. None of their friends would, so I feel comfortable in saying that. They just went out and bought a storm door for their house. Wow. Yeah. I'm afraid to ask how much, because I'm I'm thinking that's going to be the next piece of information. That's exactly where I'm leading with this, Paul. (laughs) Does it have a comma in it? Yes, it does. Uh, Two two plus? It has. They spent over $1,000 on a storm door. Just on a door. Now, again, the way the salesperson would sell it to them would be, oh, this is hurricane-rated. Your roof's ripped off your house, and everything's completely uh, in three feet of water, but your storm door is on those hinges. I was going to ask, like, they don't have Jalsi windows or anything, do they? Because that storm door would just be a nice decoration at that point. I can see. (laughs) Well, uh, we're standing here in the neighborhood that was devastated by Hurricane um, Frank, and... uh, we noticed this one house was completely demolished, but the storm door, ladies and gentlemen, is is still standing. And and these, these are the same people. Now, by the way, I'm going to throw myself under the bus here, and maybe you and, and your lovely wife also have similar things. Um, I can tell you that there are things that I will spend a crazy amount of money on, and other things that I will go, there's no way I'm spending $8 on that. Sure. Yeah. It's about perceived value. Sure. But, but I'll spend... Forty extra dollars on something else that other people think is stupid, but I'll nit, but I'll nitpick myself down. They're the same way. Mm-hmm. They'll be they're, they're, they're the type that'll that'll cut coupons and save money. Oh, sure. 
on, on this, or I want to spend $5 on that. I can hear my father-in-law say, I want to spend $5 on it, but I wouldn't even buy, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, are you are you serious? And then they turn around and throw $10 uh, on uh, two, two $5 lotto tickets and scratch-offs or anything like that. I don't, I don't know if any time this week, if you were at a Home Depot or a Lowe's or any of the big box stores, I was, because, you know, my wife's in the furniture business. So, and there were just people in there, and, and dude, do you, I mean, have are you familiar with what the price of wood is now? Oh, lumber is, yeah, lumber is, I was hoping it was starting to come back down, but I know it's been uh, pretty astronomical lately. An $8 sheet of plywood is now four times, thirty. it's $35 and up. I, I find this hard, where is this shortage coming from? How did COVID, if COVID sort of stopped everything for a year... And that would indicate also stop the buying of homes and maybe maybe also the cutting down of trees, I would think. How is there such a shortage? That's what I'm, I guess, confused about. Now that things are starting back up, you would think there'd be maybe an abundance to to sort of re- re- kick things off. So I'm, I'm aware that there's this labor shortage, apparently, or lumber shortage, labor shortage, too. Um, so I'm confused by that, but that's crazy. You're saying so four times is 32. Oh, dude, that, that, that's cheap, eight? and that's cheap if you can find it for that. So 40 plus, maybe. I mean, I bought a piece of wood yesterday, uh, 24 inches wide by 36 inches long, and paid 20 dollars for it. That same piece of wood last year was seven. I just that's a pretty big concern because how are we going to restart things if you know? People are already hurting. They're, you know, they're trying to get back on their feet. There were people uh, out buying plywood as late as yesterday to board their houses up for a tropical storm. It wasn't even a hurricane then. It was a tropical freaking storm. Yeah. Now, where uh, the famed DJ School Studios are located in Spring Hill, Florida, we're about 45 minutes to an hour south of Crystal River and probably about an hour and a half south of Cedar Key where uh, she made landfall, where Elsa mm-hmm. uh, made, uh, made landfall. How could this be news? Calm down, Dave. This well, is news. It this is, is news. Hurricane Elsa. Hurricanes are big news. Have you have you not lived in Florida or seen? Well, Dave, Dave, um, tell us about your hurricane experiences. You really want me to say that? Okay. Am I getting paid? No. I'm not paying you any extra for that. So well, that's enough from our, our announcer, Dave Anthony, today. So um, yeah, I, I, it's it's just been completely overblown. There were stores closing at two o'clock yesterday. Yeah, the sky was blue yesterday. I by know. the way, Paul, you remember that? It was that that nice, pretty blue sky. It was. I kept looking. I kept hearing one thing, seeing one thing on the radar, and when I would go outside, it would look completely different. So I'm thinking, well, it must be around the corner. It must be coming any minute. And I kept doing that, and then they said, well, the storm has slowed down, so it's going to probably strengthen and continue to move. Now it's a Category One hurricane. I'm still looking up at the sky. Pretty blue. I think it rained for like 10 minutes yesterday. Yeah, because we're caught in the bands. So it rains for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. torrential, then it stops, yeah. blue sky, then another band comes through. So for those of you, uh, the many, many listeners we have in the in the great country of Ireland, we would like to say a shout out to our good. We have, we're up to a full, a full 1%. A wow. full one percent in Ireland. Wow, not even less than one percent. A full one percent. Full up, so one so listener in Ireland. The Macalanes are telling the O'Sh- O'Sheas about us or something. Wow. they must be. The clans yes. are. 
so sharing. They, they they deal with horrible weather and stuff there too. But we and and I've I've heard people uh, say, oh, I couldn't live in Florida because of hurricanes. Oh, please stop! These are the same people that live in uh, California, where I've 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 actually been in an earthquake. I'm here to tell you, there's nothing more disconcerting or frightening than that because you're like, where do I go? What do I do? Right. The ground beneath me is moving. Right. You have no recourse. Basically, you're just praying you're not a statistic. I was on the second floor of a hotel. Going, oh, is, God. This, is this is, is this, this good? Is this good? Is this bad? <laughs> Am I going to fall on somebody? Are the first floor people going to get killed? Am right. I going to be okay? They should stand in a doorway. You know, by the yeah, time I got to the doorway, the, 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 the hotel swimming pool had three-foot waves in it. The hotel swimming pool at 2 in the morning, three-foot waves. Every car alarm in downtown San Francisco wow. was going off. Every building alarm was going off. But yeah. out there, they're used to it. Right. Just but my point thing. is, is they give you a warning about a hurricane. Now... Um, this is probably going to piss people off. Oh, far be it for me to ever do that. <laughs> but the the people in, with Katrina, a Category 5 hurricane basically is heading towards you in New Orleans. Get out. Right. That's what they were told. You know, get out. Get in your car. Leave. Drive north. Drive uh, drive east. Drive west. But, but get out. Can't go south. Um, and they didn't. A lot of people didn't. And one guy on... Um, it was my, I don't think it was CNN, but it was a 24-hour channel, was talking about how if people just didn't have cars and didn't have transportation, that's fine. Start walking. The average person can walk five miles an hour. Just, just you know, make, make the effort to get out. Walk during the day, you're 40 miles outside of town. Walk one more day, you're 80 miles outside of town. Walk. Yeah. You, you can get away from these things. Uh, take my, a backpack of your absolute necessity. My own kids wouldn't walk half a mile to go to work. They would go, I, I got to call in sick because my car won't work. You could walk to work, but they won't. And, and, and I think what happens a lot of times is it's the, it won't happen to me phenomenon of, ah, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to be that bad. And meanwhile, a cat, there's a big difference between a tropical storm that is teetering on a Cat 1 and a Category 5 hurricane. There is a massive difference. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we would be taking. Like, if, if there was a Category 5 hurricane coming through and that, Elsa, and that was Elsa, we would not be recording today. Exactly. But, the, you know, they get comfortable. They, it's, they've never had their house destroyed before, so they're thinking, eh. And, and they just talked themselves out of being there was safe. A guy, there was a guy during Katrina being interviewed by somebody on the Weather Channel, and he's sitting on the, the cement stoop out in front of his house. His house was built in 1909 or something, you know, and, and they're talking to him, and he's got this hardcore caged neck scent. And, uh, Real salt of the earth there. Yeah. yeah and what was, uh, you know, Holman, why didn't make it? So you like to see homos naked. What's your point? No, home is where you make it. Okay, so you like to see homos naked. No, home is where you make it. Got that, that Cajun Creole accent. Yeah, that is. So they're talking to him, and he's like, uh, I, I've been through 15 of these here hurricanes, and I'm not going nowhere. So this house has been here 100 mm-hmm. years. They'll be here 100 more. Right. And after Katrina came through, it was a freaking foundation. Yeah. And they never found his body. Yeah. And that's it. They, they, you get that sort of false confidence just because it's not happened. Well, if the projections are that accurate and it happens to be that dangerous, even if it goes off course, which it does a lot, the problem is with the panhandle, that's usually where it ends up. 
if it says it's going to Tampa, if it says it's going to Texas, a lot of times it ends up in the Florida Panhandle. It gets like caught in a little vortex of some kind. Yeah, we're we're kind of the gutter ball of Hurricane Alley. We are, we are, and and, and it's like someone who tends to not throw. Maybe someone who starts on the right side of the arrows and is aiming for the middle. It's rare that we get that right gutter. So we're very lucky in that, now, in that if there sense. Was, if there was a storm center coming down from the uh, the greater 48 and basically heading towards us, it could have pushed us. Definitely. But it, but it still would have been a Cat 1. Uh-huh. It wouldn't have been that big a deal. Once a hurricane, half of the hurricanes on land, it really diminishes greatly. Yeah. Uh, Irma, back in 17, just straight right up the center, right up the spine of Florida. Yeah. We didn't even lose power here. We barely lost satellite. We were lucky because it, it, it stayed over land and it just kind of, uh, just petered out, basically. Mm-hmm. Or in, certainly in a hurry more. If it were in the Gulf, it might have gotten stronger, but if it, since it was going up the middle of Florida. So for those of you buying the ungodly expensive plywood and plywood in your house and going out to the store and buying uh, 29 cases of water. One of the things I was taught back in the 80s, long before people were stupid, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I the, like uh, to believe that. Yeah, I, we, we were basically, okay, if a hurricane's going to hit and you're going to lose water and you're going to lose power, fill your bathtub. Clean your bathtub really good and fill your bathtub with drinking water before the water cuts mm-hmm. off. Now you've got tons of drinking water now. And you even have enough if you have to use the bathroom to pour some water in there and and flush it. And the old saying is, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. You know, you yeah. you don't have to flush hey. after every single time you tinkle. Well, it, 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 you know, dire straits. Sometimes you got to get creative. So if that's uh, one way to conserve, stretch things out. So I mean, the the pandemic uh, this time last year was freaking everybody out, and toilet paper shortages, and 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 so on and so forth. There are ways you can live for weeks on exactly what you have in your house. Absolutely. As long as you're not, again, completely mentally retarded. And a lot of people are. They get real just lazy and complacent. And they can't take care of themselves. They can't cook. They can't clean. They just It's like, oh, what happened? When did everyone become so useless? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and if, the, if, the, if, the, if you lose electricity, you have more people right now worried about, well, how do I charge my phone? I know then how do I make sure that I don't open my refrigerator 10 times a day and let all the cool out and so I can save food? Yeah, so now, much has gone right into this palm. There are people that don't have can openers in their home, a manual can opener in their home, and they don't know how to use wow. it if they did. That's all I use is a manual. Good, Just a good manual, like a good grips or something. Yeah. Electro- electric. Every time I tried to use an electric, you try to hook it on, it falls off. It get, like it, They suck. Yeah. I don't need electricity for that. I have cut, I've, workout. I've cut myself more times with the electric camera than I ever did the manual. Me too. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lesson there somewhere. Do Some things it's okay to do manually. It's probably better that you know how to do as many things as possible manually. I, just was, I was telling a story uh, Sunday. We had a 4th uh, of July get-together, uh, several friends over. Uh, it was uh, We were celebrating our good, uh, our good friend uh, Mark Burgess of the Burgess Travel Network. We were celebrating his birthday. Oh. And uh, people were, uh, a couple of people brought cards for me because my birthday is this coming Sunday. So, happy birthday to me. Yes. Happy pre-birthday. Pre-birthday. Because Paul's definitely, uh, now he's thinking, what am I going to get my co-host for his birthday? Just it's got to be something really cool. about four days. I, we, could, we could do cupcakes, but he's never once brought me his <laughs> wife cups cake. But anyway. <laughs> so, uh, we were talking there and I made a copy, I was telling a story about that what it was like back in the mid, early to mid 90s uh, and with the 
got the long distance company MCI and one of our friends wow. who's 44 looked at me and said what's that I'm 43 and I know what MCI is and I'm like MCI was this alternate long distance phone company yeah. and she's like well long distance what what do you what do you mean so yeah people have no concept as to what life used to be like and and it's, I know that makes me sound like the old man hey kids get off my lawn well I mean, but they'll be there one day, too. You know, they'll be sitting there one day. You know, I remember when video games just had ten buttons. You didn't have to look into an Oculus Rift and become a video virtual reality. When my day, you just had triggers and and, and, and bumpers. And so I, they'll probably be grumpy old men at one point and, and see what... Serious. I can You know, Dave, you know that's what's going to happen. You can't be serious. I bet you do it, too, so... <laughs> it's neat. I do it. I get jealous. I see what kids have, and I get jealous. And then I think also, boy, but they probably deal with a lot of shit on social media, too, with, like, girls telling them they're ugly and guys telling them to go kill themselves and stuff. And like, we just got that in school. We yeah. don't get that online. Yeah. So there's challenges on both ends. Yeah, but. You know, some guy like Nick, Tony, Paulie, yeah. you know. Those guys like walk up, hey, you're ugly. Hey. By the hey. way, give me your lunch money. Right, right. Kids are now, are now well, do you take Zell? And they're zelling each other. <laughs> right. Let me zoom you this bullying session, all right? What time are you free so I can shake you down? Exactly. <laughs> it's, 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 it's terribly. It's <laughs> terribly just out of control insane. I don't know. I can't. No wonder we, none of us can relate to each other because everything changes so quickly that it's like what, what we had in school and what they have in school, they're, they're looking at us like we're crazy. It's it's just weird the the just generation gap. I, I don't know how we're gonna ever fix it. Well, there's a uh, there's a, a great book out by uh, uh, Leg uh, Greg uh, Luranoff and uh, Jonathan Haidt called the Coddling of the American Mind. Okay. And I'm reading it right now, and it's absolutely amazing uh, how it talks about how an entire generation of kids now has been coddled to the point where. They, they don't even have helicopter parents. A lot of people have heard of that yeah. phrase, helicopter parents, where they hover over the kid constantly right. and make sure they don't get in trouble or make sure nothing bothers them. There's even a new phrase called bulldozer parents, where they just run ahead of the kid and bulldoze everything completely out of the kid's way. The kid has no adversity. The kid has no struggle. The kid doesn't know what the word no means. If somebody says the word no to them, they're being rude. This person was rude to me, Dad. Why? Cause he told me no. That's a... That's a parenting question that I have. Like, wh- who, what ages are these parents, and and what kind of monsters? Are they, why are they creating these monsters? Because this is that's up to them to kind of set the example. Now, well, they talk about there's an entire chapter of the book about how ki- uh, parents want to be their kids' friends, and that's a problem. And and I'm I want I want to be friendly with my kids, yeah. but I'm not designed to be their friend. No, you, you got to be your guide first you can become their friend like as, as you get as they get older i think sure. that's easier because you've taught them lessons hopefully they've learned some they, they've made their mistakes hopefully they've learned from some some don't some do you know you you can only do so much to raise a child you hope that they find their way but at a certain point i think it becomes easier to maybe have a friendship also because ah uh, you can look back and say see you've been through some shit now right okay so i wasn't crazy all I, all I know is is i i agree with the school of hard knocks yeah, it, I, I do too. But now it's the it's the school of handholding. That's bad. You know, I'm just going to do it for you. No. Now I I understand that I can I can tell a kid to do something. I can also show a kid how to do something. 
and I can also do do that thing with the kid. But eventually, the kid has to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. That's the point. You we're can't not, physically move their hand. We're not designed to live forever. Uh, we're not supposed to outlive our kids. They're supposed to have learned from us and, and move forward. Um, uh, for example, this morning, um, I got a call from one of my daughters to come over because her toilet wasn't working. And by the way, it hasn't been working for quite a while. Ooh. Now, you know what it was, Paul? The chain from the flap to the handle was unhooked. Oh, boy. Even I, and I'm, I'm not Mr. Fix-It. I've learned a few tricks because my wife is, and her father was amazing. But but that's that's one we got to. Yeah. We got we to gotta learn to open the top of the tank yeah, before when, anything. When, when you when you hear a kid say, you know, I, I, I've been just going down and using the, the gas station bathroom for weeks instead of fixing a that's chain. That's nuts to me. Instead of just putting an S hook through a loop yeah. and then levering it. Or at least asking a question, hey, this isn't working, what can I do? Or three, weeks, or three weeks ago, hey, Dad, could you come over and look at my toilet? Yeah, any of that. Now, for anybody who's been listening to the podcast or anybody who knows me knows I'm not shy with giving advice. I explained right. my, my daughters know how to change and tires. And you know what? You like to fix stuff anyway, so you would have been there for both in a minute. Mm-hmm. That to me, it's more of why would you put yourself through the inconvenience of not having your own toilet and going to the gas station, even if it's right up the street? Just complete laziness. Would, I can't. The older I get, the more I just want to be physically comfortable. The thought of that well, is nauseating. They, 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 this generation will say, "Well, I, I said as well. What's your food budget for the month?" You figure two people food budget high end, high end. Yeah, three hundred bucks. High end, three hundred bucks. So let's 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 let's, let's they're spending four fifty to four seventy five. You know where they're shopping, Paul? Please say Publix. Oh, they shop no. at Publix. No. Please say Walmart. And Publix is expensive anyway. Please say Walmart. Walmart. No. What? Now you could say the Dollar Tree. Say the Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree. Nope. Even worse than that. Dollar Dollar General. The gas station. The gas station. So wait. People are doing grocery shopping at the gas station? Yep. And not not even like a Wawa, which has a few things that aren't like a regular, like a mobile? Entire generations, including my own kids, do their grocery shopping at gas stations. That's something I did maybe once as a 20-year-old in college before I knew how anything worked. For those of you who don't understand sales and business, uh, again, I have a business degree. Uh, from the uh, from uh, you know University of Phoenix, so you know it's a good degree. <laughs> but either way, I, I can tell you that there's something called Keystone markup. Yeah, that means double. So if you buy something for fifty, you sell it for a hundred. That's a Keystone markup. Loss leaders, Keystone markups. Double double Keystone is the price cool? times two. So you're looking at you bought it for fifty, you mm-hmm. know you're selling it for a hundred and fifty. Okay. Triple Keystone is actually three times fully three times what what you paid so it's like uh 250 bucks on a 50 dollar purchase wow. essentially even though so in gas stations it is sometimes quintuple and septuple keystone yeah usually you can just see that if you look at a price on a bag buy, of chips on a medium bag of chips you can buy a gallon of milk at walmart uh two yeah. percent gallon of milk will cost you 349 that same gallon of milk at a gas station is almost eight dollars, and that's just one example. Yeah, a dozen eggs, crazy high expense. Eggs, eggs, beer, snacks. Yes, and of course, um, while, while while 
you're there, that's when you buy all the other overpriced stuff. Absolutely. A bag of a bag of a small bag of chips that barely weighs four yeah. ounces. Like a medium size compared to some would be even more. Three sixty nine where it's a family size at Publix you can get the yeah. Four times the amount of uh, potato chips, but you'd have to get in your car, Paul, and you'd have to be an adult. And you'd I, have love, to, I like grocery shopping have and finding to good go deals. Go to Publix and get a cart. I just go to Aldi. And the Wi Fi is just not very good in Publix. Well, it's not really good anywhere in those grocery stores, but but yeah, that's no, you, so you can't do grocery they, shopping. They, they, the save, you know, they, save, they save enough money for, you know, for alcohol and pot, so they're, at, least, you know, at least they're budgeting there. I mean, you know, if they and, and if they did their shopping at Aldi, they'd have even more money for those things because yeah. I I can spend fifty bucks at Aldi but Paul, and it'd be one hundred and fifty somewhere else. Quarter, Paul, to put the quarter in the cart. Oh, everybody has them. All, they're all over their car, especially you, you if they have, have a messy car. Paul, you have to walk down aisles of stuff that you don't want. Paul, you're just not being. At Publix, you don't. Aldi has fewer aisles. That's why I just you know that's my thing. I, Dude, I just, if I was single, I'd be at Aldi's once a week. Yeah, I, I, I don't give a damn about the uh, the brand name. Their off brand's good. Yeah, it, even, even if I don't like the way it tastes, that's what salt and pepper's I'm, for. I'm picky. I, I'm a picky eater. I'm fussy. You know, I, I'm not gonna go save a lot, but I'll go to Aldi. There's a the, the price isn't they're, they're about the same, but the quality is definitely well. You know, because it's German company, so yes. they're not just it's not just a hundred percent profit. One brought to you by <laughs> Aldi's Foods. Right. Well, go there, but bring a quarter. Uh, bring a quarter. Yeah. But uh, oh, it's just an example of you can you can shop, shop a lot smarter. Look for you know prices per ounce. I, I always, if I'm at Publix, I do that, and it's very clear. They show you, and you can see. Wow, I'm getting hosed, and it's right next to each other. So just get this size. You know, you have to. You have to. That's like survival stuff you got to gather as you as you get older. I think nowadays you and then of course I was talking to uh, you know my kids, but it's not just my kids. It's it's people oh, it's a lot of, of their generation. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, so as far as eating out, how many times do you guys eat out a week? And they say, well, we, you know, maybe once a week. I'm like, okay, well that's you know you can budget that and so on and so forth. But see, they don't think eating out is having Uber Eats or DoorDash bring it to you. Oh come on! That's they're they're using I that as a promise you. I believe you. I'm just saying that's, ins- that's that's insane. They're like, well, no, how Dardash and Uber Eats bring the other four I, meals. I guess the, the question would then be, how often do you pay for restaurant food, whether it's delivered to you or you go to eat it? Because that's a big difference in price versus cooking food. Yeah, but so you're paying the fee plus a delivery fee, and a lot of times you're tipping. Uber Eats is way more expensive. Yeah. To, for the same stuff. So $75 meals costing you 95 minimum. Minimum. Oh, yeah. Sometimes more. And you're talking about four times a month. You're talking about 100 extra bucks. I can't I can't fathom that. I, I just... Hearing that makes me think, wow, they could be living pretty good if they just, you know, learn how to cook a few great simple things has mm-hmm. always been my thought. And and, and, and if, you cook, if you cook the right amount, you've got lunch the next day. Pop in the microwave, yeah. heat it up, and learn how to repurpose something that, like, if you if you don't want to have the same exact thing, have that. You know, if you won't have noodles, but you could you could have it a different way. Like, there's ways to get creative, but it's amazing how much you can say. And then you can go splurge. You can go out for lobster if you do things right. But see, that's also one of those things that I have no problem spending money on. But I've had other people 
you know, aghast, their jaw hits the table yeah. when I tell them that my wife and I can go out and I'll spend two hundred and fifty dollars on a meal. On a good, if it's a good meal, it's worth it as a special occasion. I think to, so. To me personally, that's my vice. I don't smoke. I don't yeah. drink. I don't gamble. Okay, a little, a little crack. I smoke a little <laughs> crack. But who doesn't need a bump? Yeah. It's it's just social, just with social, friends. Social help. They don't as well. buy it; they just offer it, and uh, you know you got to lose weight somehow. Right. Um, so I, I I'll spend money on that, but I've also seen other people. They go, well, we we're going to go down to Sam's Club and get our monthly alcohol, and they're coming out with one of those flatbed carts. Oh yeah. And they'll spend four hundred dollars on alcohol. I can't wrap my head around that. Right. Don't any, drink, never have. Any vice is expensive, you know. Alcohol, cigarettes, food, strip clubs, whatever. You know, whatever vice you may have can be expensive. Yeah, but, but come on, I th- I think Cinnamon likes me though. I really do. Well, she said she really likes me, Paul. And that's Cinnamon. I, that's Cinnamon, with a, with an S. Well, yes, because it's, you know, it's not just. She's more than just an exotic dancer or a spice. She's she's an individual. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what she told me last She's time. working. She's working. As I was stuffing a 50 into her. Working her way through med school. Working right, her way right. through med school. Yes. Dr. Cinnamon, that is. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. Dr. Cinnamon. <laughs> and her nurse practitioner is Diamond with a Y. Mm-hmm. Might be better than some of the uh, some of the people I've, I've seen lately. Oh, boy. Good old American health care. Well, we got a couple of minutes before we got to go to break, so let's uh, let's solve all the world's problems. Relig- religion. Let's solve that in the next minute and a half. I, I saw I saw a, 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 a clip, an audio clip, a video. It was a video clip. I was able to listen to it, and um, I'm a big fan of uh, Andy Rooney. Used to be at, oh, used sure. to do the editorial and the commentary. Well, kind of one, one of America's voices at, for sure. At, at the end of 60 Minutes, which goes to prove you don't have to have a good voice to be on radio, because mm-hmm. Andy Rooney kind of talked like this. It's weird how some people just, it works for. And, 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 and one of his favorite phrases was, did you ever notice? And then he would lead into something. So <laughs> original this, this, this is what I heard this morning. Did, did you ever notice how when a homeless person holds out their hand and asks you for money, you ignore them? But when you go to church on Sunday, the minister asks you for money, and he's got a big, huge, giant house and a car. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I'm curious about that too. I love that. It really made me really made me think that we 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 can physically see a homeless person mm-hmm. and see that that dollar, that two dollars, that three dollars, or hell, I've given as much as five. Sure. Will will feed someone, or they they'll make that last a day. Yet, people will go to church and drop twenty or, God forbid, even more into the collection plate, and the minister, you know, that's that money goes to the minister to allocate to the church. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that because my grandfather was a minister. I know how that works. Mm-hmm. So that's one of those things that just kind of amazes yeah. me about organized religion. Well, it, it, I think it speaks to the types of people that are either drawn to or or, or are okay with organized religion. They're fine. They sort of that. Blind, blind belief and faith. This money is going to a good cause. I, I know it is. I trust that it is. You know, God will look after us. I know He will. It's because they they choose to believe. So that I think giving their money is part of how their belief fits into their worldview. 
when they see this homeless person, they, they've judged them, interestingly enough, for such a religious person, right? Not supposed to do that. They probably think, well, they're just going to spend it on alcohol. Well, so what? I know a lot of people that are going to do that with their money. True. You know, and and one, one thing I noticed, I was standing out in front of a, uh, a 7-Eleven filling up with gas, and there was a guy panhandling, and the lady said, uh, are you hungry? And he says, yes, ma'am. And she says, all right, come with me. She walked him inside the store and bought him some food and made him eat it. She goes, I'll buy you the food if you eat it right here. He says, no problem. She got him a couple hot dogs and a bag of chips. She was more interested in feeding him than giving him something to drink. And and he was hungry. She goes, I have no problem. Reaching to my pocket and swiping my card and saying, give that man a couple hot dogs and and, and chips and a drink or or something. Uh, And so I've done that. Yeah. And I've had a few that have taken me up on it. And some have said, no, no, I I just ate. Well, okay. Now, I'm not going to give you that for alcohol because drying out hopefully will be a good thing for you. Yeah. So I can have both both thoughts inside my head at the same time. Sure. Yeah. It's uh, it's just it it is. I think it speaks again for when it comes to the you know oh it's fine given to the church who again they tend to be the prosperity gospel is pretty hot right now. You see these mega churches seeming to rake it all in and I don't I don't know. Yeah, I made a I made a comment on Facebook last week. And you didn't respond to it. I don't even know if we're even friends on Facebook. We are just okay. Yeah. Well, then then you don't care. Okay, I'm, I'm just not on it. I, I don't engage. I just don't. I, yeah, I just don't engage. I, too, I, just, I, don't, I just don't engage my own partner in a, in a radio show because you know that would be stupid. Um, no, I was. I had a. It started with a discussion okay. and became a heated discussion, and then became an argument, and then my friend closed with, "Well, you just don't know what you're talking about," which is the old Ali Ropadope. You know, you've got them in the corner when they start talking like that. Right. He was talking about how uh, churches shouldn't have to pay taxes, and I said, "Okay." I said, do you know why churches don't pay taxes? Total silence, just like you just heard. Total silence. I said, I can explain why. When our founding fathers, who we were talking about last week, that's actually how we got on the topic, because he is a podcast listener. And uh, I said, the founding fathers wanted to make sure that there was a wall, a separation between church and state. The reason why they left England, and the reason why they left come over here was because religion was becoming the government the religion was dictating what the government did they wanted to still believe in their gods gods plural Mm -hmm. and the way they wanted so they wanted the religious freedom but they wanted that religious freedom also free from government control and and the government free from religious control so therefore they said okay we're not going to tax churches and we're not going to tax religious uh, tasks and tidings and so on because we're going to be able to say to them you do not have representation you're separate so that's where taxation without representation mm-hmm. comes in if you're not taxed you don't have a voice in government mm-hmm. makes sense sure so all this time now churches have not been taxed and now they're they're wanting now they have such influence and control with the evangelical set of Congress and the Marjorie Taylor Greens and, and all these nut jobs that, you know, uh, Christians, they're the worst. It's interesting because now, you know, there I, I see a big push for Christians that Hobby Lobby took out an ad recently about Christians should be run by Americans. You mentioned George Washington. I'd like to refer to the uh, Treaty of Tripoli, which was brokered by George Washington and signed by John Adams in 1796 
and it explicitly states, as the government of the United States of America is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion. That is the very first sentence of the Treaty of Tripoli. Article 11, you can, you can look it up. That's, that's history. That's not fake news. The very, that's George fucking Washington. How, I don't know how else to, how else can you be more clear? That's the father, right? father of the country, mm -hmm. whether his story's been romanticized, of course, I'm sure it has, but the first sentence of the treaty, after, so, you know, that's that's right there. That argument that this is a Christian nation is bullshit. It, it is. is. It, it is, is, it is, is not a bullshit. Christian nation. I don't, if you're a Christian, you're, that's fine. That's fine. But stop the, telling the, me it's the, a Christian nation. The weirdest nation. part, and we had uh, uh, Brent, uh, Brent Yashu, who was on our uh, podcast last year, and he he goes. That's you know. He talks about we're not as atheists trying to convince you to become an atheist. I know, but it's the other way around. Yeah, you're 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 busy prosthetizing us and trying to get us to convert to your form of religion. And this one of the discussions that I brought up with my friend was I said, um, uh, let me give you an example of a government that is basically run by a religion is one that I said I hear you talk nasty about all the time. Islam. Muslims are people. Islam is a religion. Mm -hmm. Most Muslims follow Islam, but there are even Christian Muslims, right. which people don't... Oh, that's... Oh. that's the, the people that judge them all as terrorists are the ones that that, that blew their mind if, yeah. they, if they heard that. What? what? No, they're all terrorists. Yeah. Oh, the, one, of the, one, one of the absolute funniest jokes I ever heard was uh, Ahmed and Muhammad were, were there getting their citizenship in Washington. Raising their hands, they took the oath. They were American citizens. They didn't know each other from, from anything. And he goes, uh, Ahmed, I am glad you are an American citizen. He goes, you too, Muhammad. I am very happy for you. He goes, we will make a pact right now. We will come back to this very step in front of the building one year from today. And we will see who has become more an American. So they agreed, they shook hands. A year went by, they both showed up, they see each other, they walk towards each other, they shake hands. Oh, Mohammed, it's good to see you. You too, Ahmed. How are you doing today? He says, well, today I had to go by the dry cleaners to pick up my new Izod shirt. It looks beautiful, doesn't it? I'm wearing my khakis and I'm wearing my Birkenstocks. I'm going to go get in my Chevy minivan right now and drive my son to a soccer practice, mm -hmm. to which, which point we will go home and we will watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. I think I have proven that I am more American than you. Mohammed looked over and says, Fuck your towel head. <laughs> <laughs> so, that just goes to show that you know, Amer Americans see somebody with a beard or a turban and they are a terrorist. I know. <laughs> By the same token, we left-leaning liberal Democrats mm. will see someone and automatically judge them as stupid because they're a Trump supporter or whatever. We, we all get judgmental from time to oh, time. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I judge everybody. Absolutely. The, the, the discussion that I had with, with, with my friend last week was I'm like, no, this. I'm, I'm proving a point here that churches aren't taxed because they're not supposed to have influence. Right. If they want the influence, by the way, I'm down with that. Pay your taxes pay your taxes. If Walmart paid the equal amount of corporate shared tax 
that other corporations like my own does like your own does and just Amazon and Walmart just those two our national debt would be decreasing instead of increasing isn't it funny how this that simple fact that is pretty widely known that you just pointed out in, in basically one sentence it just sort of falls on deaf ears mm-hmm. just just no 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 discussion of how we could maybe fix this from the world's largest corporations the top 10 world's largest mm-hmm. corporations six of which are in the united states by the way mm-hmm. could solve world hunger immediately and still be multi-billionaires mm-hmm. think about that yep. yeah, Be- bezos, bezos wants to go to space you know what you own it do it knock yourself out i've seen a dozen um sci-fi movies where the rich billionaire funds some space program i've seen it alien and all, all the different ones cool do it knock yourself out right. but stop holding back humanity and progress because of your own selfish needs and because of capitalism you know that's that's where capitalism gets to be a problem is when you have a lot of cap regulatory capture suddenly there's all these conglomerates that are just like taking over it's it's scary because then they can influence stuff hmm. like that like you know uh, you know well, I'm, I'm trying to think of what that definition perhaps fascism oh something like that something yeah. like that but again isms are one of those things that a lot of my friends don't understand that socialism is different than different than communism. Communism has a, a basis in a socialistic uh, concept, but they are not the same thing. They are right. not. Right. No, they're not the same thing. Speaking of which, uh, socialism and taxes and not paying your fair share and all that. Don't you think it's interesting that Walmart gives you uh, during your hiring process there? They teach you how to apply for food stamps. That is part of the process there uh, is how to you know get your benefits in EBT because wait a minute you're working now you've got a full-time job you're making a living why would you oh I get it yeah so they can pay slave wages offer government assistance and have those people turn right back around spend that government assistance where they work they have slave labor. It it, it, it it was sort of well. It's it's more like indentured servitude. We talked yes. about that. Yeah, that, like that's probably a better way to put it. What slaves were like after slavery. It's like right. you know they would leave and they would come back. Master, like, we don't have a place to live. We don't have no place to eat. We don't. You know. Okay. Well, you can live back in the house you were living in when yes. you were a slave. But I'm going to charge you a, a dollar a week. And I'm going to pay you seventy cents a week. Sort of what they're doing with prison with private prisons. Private which prisons. Same exact thing. Seems like they're trying to start to crack down on some of that. We'll see. But if they you know, they need to start holding corporations accountable for, you know, underpaying and then take advantage of, 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 of government programs and, and the fact that they're not paying taxes. It's like double dipping almost in a sense because of how much money it's costing uh, the economy, really. It's just so, you know, just remember that next time you go to Walmart. They, that's that's what you're supporting. And if you look at Sam's Club, which is obviously owned by the Walton family, Unfair, and you look at Costco, they're almost exactly the same business model. However, both the Walton family and the corporation that owns Costco are multi-billion dollar a year businesses. However, the average Costco employee, $18 an hour and benefits. And their turnaround is very, very rare. And uh, one more slam at Walmart. My brother and sister-in-law are in town, and uh, I want it on record. I did invite my uh, redneck white ring 
brother to be a guest on the podcast today to allow him to talk with both of us and share his thoughts and and we were going to have fun of course I, I love my brother dearly uh he he declined and did not want to be on the podcast which is totally okay uh check and shit um did i say that out loud i'm sorry i have to mute i'll have to edit that and post but anyway my sister-in-law's sister who i went to high school with named mary has has been working for walmart for 20 years she knew she said to my sister sister-in-law excuse me she goes they're gonna fire me this year and my sister says what are you talking about you've been there 20 years you have been literally in every single department at that store what does she do what kind of bonus or or some kind of thing does she do after you've been there 20 years you do get a sizable increase in pay she goes they'll fire me this year and and my sister-in-law did not believe it it's walmart it was almost a month after she'd been there 20 years the regional supervisor came through and said, I just need to talk to you real quick. And said, listen, we've been having a lot of complaints about, you know, service in your department, so we're going to have to let you go. Oh, it's like, oh, good timing. And she's like, yeah, you almost set your watch by it. So she goes, I wasn't shocked by it at all. She goes, I just, I just went and got another job at that uh, company called Menards, which is mm-hmm. a large, and, and she goes, they're treating me great, and I love it there. But that's that's the mentality of a lot of corporations. And that's why the World Wrestling Entertainment uh, Group right now mm-hmm. is cutting some of their top paid wrestlers yeah cutting them completely because they're getting ready to go back out on the road and pro- uh, the, and their uh, expenses for going back on the road skyrocket covid's been That's great true. they could be at one place but i think there's a potential that he's going to sell the wwe that's been the speculation he's getting up there it's profitable it's more profitable when they get rid of those big salaries. Absolutely. It looks more profitable on paper. You see the same with sports teams. Anytime a team is up for sale and they have a pay- remember the you know they just oh, we're going to sell dump this contract, dump this contract, then the t- suddenly the payroll being that low, it's a more appealing sale. And then if the owner wants to, you know, sink money and they can, but you see that all the time. Some owners are just cheap and shit money, but some will do it when they're getting ready to sell the team just like that's, I think, why the speculation, it's fair. That's also a good point about kind of getting back into the swing of operating costs and travel costs and sort of, they're probably just taking it as a chance to reorganize, the, you know, just the whole budgeting and all of that. Capitalism at its best. Yeah, it can be a good when thing. I, when I bought my first DJ business in the uh, mid-1990s, we were turning over 20 people a year. So there were 36 people in the company. The bottom 20 were being turned over every single year. I hated that. Yeah. I thought, why is that happening? There have been some good, talented people yeah. come through, but they're gone within it, six it weeks. It is they're, tough. They're gone within three months. They're gone within yeah. six months. And I'm proud to say that I paid my people more. I took better care of them. I knew what it was like to be a DJ in the trenches every right. weekend, which the previous owner did not. That makes a big difference. In the first year, we hired four people. And the next year, we hired three. I could retain people. I paid people more. I just increased the cost to the customer. They paid it. So it didn't come out of my pocket. And it's so much more expensive to hire new people, train them, hire new people, train them, hire... It is so much more expensive. And and I know that... So I think that... I hope that mentality goes away, where people would rather just spend some quality time, get some quality employees, and get... You know, just figure out how we maximize our, our work output and time. Not just about looking at a bottom line, cutting people, treating people as basically 
you know, numbers and assets the mm-hmm. way big companies like Amazon and, and, and Walmart do because they, they can. They're, they're almost too big. And we look at the Industrial Revolution, the late 1800s all the way through until probably World War II, yeah. where there weren't labor unions and employees were paid horrible wages. They were working 60 hours a week. They had no vacations. They had no health care. Right. And all of a sudden, unions came in, unionized, and saved the labor force at which point the companies were still making their profits, yeah. yet an Absolutely. entire middle class was created. That's what made America great, was the Thank you. creation of unions. And when people go, make America great again, they, they make yeah. it like it was in the 50s. Well, like it was in the 50s was highest, corporate tax, highest corporate tax rates ever. Right. And we had a Republican president in there who wanted to keep government at a level that it was under control. And the military-industrial complex. Keep that under control. And he was a former military man. Right. At least, and again, he, you know, he, he has been there. Yeah. And that's, so that, that has credence. It's not just... So if you want to make America great again, uh, allow unions to form again. Yeah. I'll, I'll allow these, uh, these companies to have their uh, profits curtailed yeah. slightly. That, that's why it bothers me when I hear someone who's like 70 and 80, some grumpy old white guy bitching about a 20-year-old. Like, dude, you grew up in the most economically... Just it was brutal. It was protected it was, too. Yeah, you workers' rights. But you could go home. You could go work a job while your wife stayed home. You made enough to pay for your house, your kids' education if necessary. Like you could afford everything. The cost of living and the predatory loans and all that shit that wasn't around when you were young. So I don't want to hear some eighty-year-old. 90-year-old guy or even 70-something bitch about like these kids they own that part they didn't have to deal with any of that predatory shit like the white-collar criminals got smarter at a certain point into the late 1900s and fucked everyone afterwards dude it was the line in gordon gecko's wall street yep. greed is, is good, good. That was sort of the attitude starting around that time where people, it, it sort of became cool to be this greedy, power-hungry, ruthless. They, they now, I've been running, like I said, I have a business degree and I've been running businesses for a long time, primarily the, in the entertainment business. Yeah. And I can tell you that I have, I've quoted that movie. I've had to tell people, I've had to tell friends right in my face, uh, no, I can't DJ your wedding for free. No, I can't DJ your party for free. No, I can't do that for any less than this. I have operating costs. I have business costs. I have personnel that have to be paid. Yeah, that's just standard. So sometimes I tell people I, I'm in this business to make a living, to make a dollar and a cent. And in this case, you're the consumer. I'm the business. This is the transaction. Will I cut you a deal? Will I help you as best I can? Sure. But I've often found that my friends are the cheapest tippers. Oh, yeah. yeah they take advantage of... They ask for the most. Mm-hmm. They want to pay the least. And they don't tip for service. Right. But if I was a server at a restaurant, I wonder if they wouldn't tip me there, too. I'd have to think that they probably wouldn't. But we've gone a little bit long in this section, uh, so we're going to cut the other two a little bit short to, uh, to make up. We'll be back with segment number two right after this. Our featured musical artist is Tommy James. And the Shondells. Another and the. So we'll be back. This is Solio from the Lighter Side of Dark, and I want to talk about my favorite bakery in the whole world. 
Cuppy Cakes. If you live in the greater Tampa Bay area and you have a special event coming up, a wedding, birthday, getting off probation, I want you to give them a call. Go to their website. Check out their work. It is impeccable. They've been around since 2011, and they make the most incredible custom cakes you'll ever see. www.ourcuppycakes.com, or you can find them on Pinterest, Instagram, or Facebook. Check them out today. I promise you won't be disappointed. Cuppy Cakes, where life is sweet. Looking for a unique and different kind of entertainment for your next fun event? Try a real live TV-style game show at your home or your next event. All your favorites, The Feud, Jeopardy, Pyramid, Match Game, The Really Wood Game, and on and on. This is no board game or DVD version. This is the real deal. Full-blown TV setups, just like going to Hollywood, but saving you the trip to the West Coast. All ages love game shows and styles available to fit all budgets. Call 727-531-8880 or visit the website at gameshowparty.com and plan your next event being the one everybody will be talking about. Game Show Party, located right here in the Tampa Bay area. Social distancing guidelines respected. Lighter side of dark featured musical artist. Season four has uh, has brought us the and the and the season, and that would so, be yeah. We've done Huey Lewis and the news, the news, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Joan Jett and the Black Hearts, and this week we uh, we bring up Tommy James and the Shondells because last week we made mention of Tommy James and the Shondells on several different occasions about <laughs> people stealing their music <laughs> not stealing it re- get covering it them obviously making money getting getting hits with it again so uh, let's uh, Paul what details did you find out about uh, TJ and the uh, Shondells that uh, that maybe nobody else knew about. Uh, well, let's say they were formed in Michigan in 1964, so they're considered a American pop rock. Actually, have a pop rock slash psychedelic rock band designation, which I thought was interesting. Okay. Have, you know, I'm not familiar with their entire catalog, as they would say in in uh, in Office Space, but I, you know, I'm familiar with their their bigger hits you know i think we're alone now Molly so you Moni, do not Crystal celebrate Persuasion. their entire catalog? i do not celebrate their entire catalog but uh, many of their songs are going to be familiar to a lot of people so um they've charted 12 uh, other top 40 hits besides hanky panky and crimson and clover so that would be 14 total um i had completely forgotten I had completely forgotten. I didn't realize that was them, because it was so old compared to the. I think that was their first. Was that their breakout? Yes, that was was. their breakout hit. So yeah, 1966 was Hanky Panky, and everybody knows that song. My baby does the Hanky. So yeah, so that went number one. So did Crimson and Clover in '69. So those were their two U.S. number ones. But they also, every everyone knows probably. I think we're alone now and Moni Moni better maybe because of... So we, the reason we, we, we were talking Joe Jet and the Blackhearts last week is she covered this. 
which I thought was fascinating yeah. because it led right. It sort of gave us the idea to go into uh, Tommy yeah, James so, the Shondells. So thank you, Joan. Yeah, she she inspired us. My personal favorite Tommy James and the Shondells song is uh, is is this one, without a doubt. Just a mellow, grooving kind of song. Crystal blue, crystal blue, blue persuasion. persuasion. I had a car in high school that I nicknamed Crystal Blue Persuasion. Yeah. It has a... I never had sex in that car. So we call Crystal Blue Balls Persuasion. <laughs> trying to... It says, it says almost a breeziness to it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, explain the, the relaxing vibe that I get when I it's, play this it's, song. It's kind, of, it's kind of grazing in the grass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of... Like a lazy, windy day, maybe. Yeah. Could, could be a driving song, depending. I know that that was... It's kind of a well if you were driving a convertible down to the PCH yeah. in California, perhaps. So, uh, Crystal Blue Persuasion, big hit. Uh, Crimson Clover, uh, big hit. Now, uh, this is a song that, when I played it, I remembered it. But I, I would never... I, I would love to lie to you and say that I, that I remembered this song as a Tommy James and the Shondells song. Song's called Sweet Cherry Wine. So now, Sweet Cherry Wine, Paul. You you you're making a face like never heard. Of. I'm trying to determine if this was because I know there is a. Yeah, I don't think I have heard it. It's it's a song that again I I, I don't think about like one of their hits, but got I got up to as high as seven. Weird. On, on on the top ten, I've in, found in, in, the, in American top forty. How did you? How did I never heard really? I've heard of it, and right. I remembered it when I played but it. But you don't remember it being like a big hit for them. Certainly not a number seven. I, I find that we've experienced that before, where we've had s- artists who we've looked up some of their top songs and thought, "Wow, this charted higher than this," or I don't really remember this being that big of a hit, and it was up to you know number three or whatever. That's and that's an example of. Of one. What about this one? Dragonfly. I do love this one. That was his uh, his most recent hit. He did have a, a song that got up to as high as uh, number 19 in 1980 called Three Times in Love. And I've listened to that a dozen times. I've never heard that song. I was in high school during that time. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not familiar. As far as I knew, this was his last hit in my, you know, in my consciousness. But I do like this song. This chorus does sound a little bit like the Turtles, but when it gets to it, but I like the uh, I like the hook. The just the kind of yeah. it's a good tempo. It's a good middle of the road tempo. So I'm doing I'm doing a count here, and I'm seeing a total of a lot more top forty songs than I thought. Sure, that that seems to be the case with a lot of them. Um, most of these, I'd say 80% of them I've heard, but it looks like he has a total of 17 top 40 hits, ones we talked about. Um, the one I haven't played is, uh, the, the only two that I haven't played, both were covers. The, the big big hit covers, yeah. Good old Tiffany had a cover with this one. Yes, she did. 
and she uh, she played I think every mall in America. 1988, I think this was the cover. Tiffany. The late 80s were the Tiffany and Debbie Gibson uh, takeover. You gotta love it. But the the song that Tommy James made the most money off of, strangely enough, money in the title, pretty much. Right. Money, money, which was turned into money, money. Hey, get late, get fucked. That, of course, happened during the Billy Idol era. Very rarely do you see a, a, a song that can generate its own chant, but yes. that was one that eventually um, did. And, of course, DJing in the in the 80s and the 90s, and even now when you play that song, people are yelling, get late, get fucked. Yeah. And you're at a wedding. As a DJ, you're like, yeah. would you guys quit doing this? Grandma's here. I know, I, so I'll grab the microphone and yell, you know, uh, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. <laughs> Uh, white men can't jump, you know, and that diffuses kind of a little funny. bit. That's a good, that's a really good way to do it. If you're worried about the drunkies, don't get me wrong. I've seen some moms out there screaming at the top of their lungs. I know. You know, you think it's a wedding, and then you play back that ass up, and you're like, oh well, I see how this family is now. All right, we're gonna have a little fun here. <laughs> things can things can go one way or the other, depending on uh, a certain point in the night if uh, as, as DJs will know so yeah he's uh, 74 Tommy James 74 years old this year and I uh, I don't think we mentioned with the where the Shondells came from the, he thought in 1964 that's when the the, the Shondells were added to the name he I was thought, one I was one <laughs> he won one years one years old um, he thought that the name Shondells uh, sounded good and it was in honor of nearby Fort Wayne's own Troy Shondell, who I guess at the time was famous for his 1961 song release, This Time. So it must have meant something to him pretty important at the time. I don't know that the average person would really make that connection, but that was his explanation for, for where it came from. So just, uh, you know. He was more successful in 1969 than the Beatles. Which is incredible. Really hard to believe, because yeah. you, you know you think about the Beatles and the the, the sort of his, short his, but his, uh, his greatest hits album, uh, a second volume of greatest hits. This really blows my mind. The second volume of greatest hits uh, sold ten million copies, went platinum, uh, essentially at that point. But uh, yeah, sixty nine, the year that the uh, sixty nine seventy when the Beatles broke up, he was actually made more money than them. And uh, another guy, uh, David Cassidy, made more money than the Beatles. He was, uh, he was getting popular right, yeah, yeah. right then. The sort of uh, Beatles were on their way down. He was on his way up. Yeah, there was turmoil in Beatle land by, uh, by that point. It's the, the beginning of the end. It says here that Tiffany's version of I Think We're Alone Now and Billy Idol's versions of Moni Moni respectfully battled for the top spot of the pop chart for a solid month and each eventually went to number one. It was the first time in history the two cover versions of songs by the same artist hit number one back-to-back. And I'd like to say this is actually a bit of interesting paying it forward here. Hanky Panky is a cover. So he covered a Jeff Barry, Ellie Greenwich song, Hanky Panky. Interesting. Which was his first hit. It was a B-side by The Raindrops. Did Madonna do a copy of... Did Madonna do a cover of Hanky Panky? I don't know. Is it possible? Why, why do I feel like she I don't did? see it mentioned here, but um, that, you know, doesn't mean there's a lot of info, certainly, to, to, oh, that's weird. to scan. Yeah, no. But, I, so, I, I guess uh, he's I probably guess, thinking, hey. I guess know? not. Which song am I thinking of that Madonna did? She did a lot of hanky-panky, that's well, for sure. Well, ain't that the truth? 
uh, what, what's the, the song from um, Dick Tracy? She hmm. did a she did a cover in the song in the movie Dick Tracy. Maybe she did cover that because that would sort of go with her character. It was sort of the you know the vamp, if I remember correctly. The boy toy. The boy. Well, I mean, they did a survey. Fifty percent of men said they would sleep with Madonna. The other fifty percent were lying. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh... I really have to do some research on that because I'm pretty sure she did a cover of a an old like uh, you know if she did I'm sure the mail the mail uh, bag will let us know we can check that next next podcast and see what no uh, she did fever fever okay yeah. okay you give me fever exactly All right. so well I learned a little bit about uh, Tommy James and the Shondells and uh, yeah, 17 hits I never would yeah, have thought that really impressive and a lot you know like dragging the line Moni Moni I think we're alone now if you think of just the musically they all kind of really have very di- crystal blue persuasion, very different melodies, uh, tempos, vibes. It's that's just that, that struck me as a little bit impressive because that's good, very good point. A, a variety. It's hard to, to see that. A lot of times you see people with hits that you know. As much as I love Hall and Oates, Private Eyes, Kiss on my list. There's some similarities in some of the chord progressions and some of the you know the, it just has that style. And, and as much as I love ACDC, a lot of yes. them, you can tell. That that's got something's got a traditional ACD. Absolutely, sound. and then maybe that's a compliment to them. They kind of captured a style, but but uh, just a just a note I thought was interesting. So all right, excellent. Well, we're gonna we're gonna cut this segment a little bit short because, like I said, we went a little little, little uh, long in segment number one. So uh, we will play some uh, some Tommy James and the Shondells as we uh, lead into uh, segment number three, where we're gonna be talking about the top four on Mount Rushmore of. Driving song. This will be interesting. All right, we'll be right back. Children behave. That's what they say when we're together. And watch how you. You know, we lost a lot of people during the pandemic, which makes me think of those people close to me. What if there was a way to remember them after they're gone? Well, now there is. My Forever Story. With My Forever Story, they come to your loved one, ask them the questions they choose, and in less than an hour, they have their entire life story recorded in their own words, and most importantly, their own voice. It's uploaded to the secure website and made available for all to hear, even future generations. No more trying to remember Grandpa's favorite stories. Now you can hear him talk about them himself. Your kids and your grandkids will be able to listen to your story from their phone or computer anytime. If you think your kids will read your life story, good luck. But they will listen if it's on their phone. Takes less than an hour, and in most cases, it's under $100. Call the toll-free number 866-913-3263. 3263 or go to the website my the number 4 everstory.com my forever story their voice their words their story all staff members wear masks and abide by CDC covid restriction guidelines your safety is our first priority hey everyone it's Solio from the lighter side of dark let's be honest 2020 has not been a lot of fun so far and we could all probably use some laughs when i need some laughs my favorite place in the world to be is at Side Splitters Comedy Club in Tampa, Florida. Live stand-up comedy every Wednesday through Sunday night. Nationally touring acts. There's even acts you've probably never heard of that are hilarious. If you've never seen a live stand-up show, I want you to go. They are so much different in person, and they are so much better. 
you feel the energy, you really feel like you're part of something special. Sidesplitterscomedy.com, you can get your tickets online, you can pick out your seats online, so you can sit wherever you want. If you want to be in the back because you're afraid, that's fine, you can do that. Go to Sidesplitterscomedy.com and grab your tickets today. Now it's time for our Mount Rushmore segment, brought to you by Sidesplitters Comedy Club in Tampa. Sidesplitters Comedy Club in Tampa, cue Solio to tell us who's going to be there. All right, come out to Sidesplitters here in Tampa this week, and you'll see Finesse Mitchell, if you uh, remember Finesse from SNL. I want to say the I want to say like the early 2010s was was around the time Finesse was on. He was there for about four or five years, I believe. Um, so you may very well know him from SNL, um, but he's been doing stand up pretty much this whole time, as far as I'm aware. Also, so uh, come out this week if you want to see Finesse, and uh, he'll be here Thursday through Sunday. Also, uh, Carl Remy will be doing one show on Saturday. Um, I'm gonna guess it's the six o'clock show. I have to check the time, but. Um, and Carl's great too, so he'll probably be featuring for Finesse that week. Uh, Carl is a Miami comic who I've worked with previously. Really, just just a funny dude, you know. Makes some some people just have That's a good testimonial, Paul. Yeah, it's just a funny dude. Well, it's hard to I guess it's hard to describe uh, comics in two sentences sometimes. But if I know I've worked or seen someone, and I'm just like yeah, they're good. Come out and see them. You like it. That's that's about as good as I can I can say because everyone's sense of humor is different. Just you know, they'll make you laugh. Damn it! Come out, <laughs> come out to a show and enjoy it for crying out loud. He's, he's just a funny dude. Yeah, he'll he's, make, he's, he'll he's make funny you, dudes. He'll make you laugh. Damn it! Damn it! That right. that'll sell it. <laughs> exactly. Now now I can't wait. <laughs> I I am uh, I'm going to be heading over to uh, uh, Tampa for my uh, birthday. Uh, what are you going, guys going, going, going out to uh, uh, Tejas de Brasil? Oh yes, Tejas de Brasil. Big. Eating large amounts of dead animals. For those of you who don't know, Tejas de Brasil, a Brazilian steakhouse. If you've never been, yep. and uh, what, what I like about it is you walk in, you sit down, you turn the thing, the little little, little coaster from red means stop to green means go, and guys start showing up to your table with swords and meat stuck on them, fresh cooked right there in the back and you're you're eating within seconds if not minutes of getting there and they have a salad bar i hear it is lovely <laughs> rumor has it yeah the, the salad bar is as big as my living room i mean it's massive yeah. but it's just beautiful to look at but i'm sure. there Unifying. for the meat and they have a uh, a picante sirloin steak there that they they cut because they you you take the little tongs and they cut the meat right there and it falls right and the, the the meat is so tender and so well cooked. It almost it's like a meat wafer. Mm. It melts in your mouth. It's like a host so of meat. Just the, the Christ, the body yeah, of Christ. They got steak. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got filet mignon wrapped in bacon. They got garlic steak, which is amazing. Flank steak, which is amazing. And do they do that for all of any cut you get? Do they carve yeah, it right, carve right, right, right off? Of they ask you if, you want, if you want it more well done or nice. more medium or more rare. And uh, I mean, it, that's it, as fresh it, as you can get. If you and your wife haven't been, Paul, I'm telling you, it's, it, it's expensive. It's fifty bucks so a person. I'd like to. T- she's 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 a meat girl. She's a steak girl. Good. She likes a red meat. So we got. That's a good idea. I'm just telling you, Paul. I don't want to steal your wife, but I would just like you to give me a sample of her DNA <laughs> so I can grow one of my own. Okay. She, she does. She yeah. does. Uh, and see, that's not. That's that. You shouldn't. You should. You should. You share her with other people. That's kind of a way of sharing her. 
Yes, it is. For the world, for the world. My problem is I'd have to wait like 30 years for it to grow up and mature. If there was a way we could enhance the speed of that, eh, eh, probably not. I'd already be over at your house (laughs) plucking her hairbrush at this point. So, uh, all right, let's talk about our Mount Rushmore uh, segment because uh, that's what uh, Dave Anthony wants us to talk about. Blues Comedy Club in Tampa. Our Mount Rushmore segment brought to you by Size Blues Comedy Club in Tampa. All right, our Mount Rushmore segment this week is the best or top four driving songs boy that's such a broad brush to paint with but we're gonna we're gonna try it because i I think there are plenty of songs it's one of those things where i think if you hear songs like oh this is a great driving song yeah there may not be a way to to say this is absolutely a top four but i tried to just think of maybe a variety of of well i I think in golf we have to do the gimme Right off the bat. Okay. Because there's one song that I know is on your list. I I hope so, because I hope I didn't miss an obvious one. No, no, no. I know this one's on your list. I know it's on mine. It's considered by most to be the best driving song of all time. That'll be on. Oh, Radar. Radar Radar Love. Okay. And not not obvious. This is the part where you're starting the car. Oh, yeah, yeah. Putting on your seatbelt and adjusting your mirrors. And then you're adjusting the side putting your hand on the gear yeah. shift and then this part starts so this is where the air engine starts to kind of rev up a little bit like yeah. oh, I love this is a fantastic song I love this uh, offering my golden ear now you're pulling on to the on ramp giving it some gas ease onto the highway move to the left lane and then you start watching the RPMs go up and up and up and then the lyrics come in, and he says this. I've been driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. There's a voice in my head that drives my heel. Kind of eases right into the... Radar Love. Golden Earring. I think that was early hit. That was great... I th- it might, they might have had one other minor one, but I couldn't tell you what it is, yep. so that doesn't count. That's that's all they need. You that's got, just you, a great you song. You got a carburetor, and that's that's one. That's that's the gimme that uh, I know that we both have. And so, uh, yeah. so I I didn't not because I don't like. I just again I'm like trying to think of uh, as they come to me. I, I, there's so many that that I uh, or it's like maybe it's the first five or ten that came to me. Um, but that was on on some of the lists I was looking at. I was like, yeah, that is a good one. And that's one that is on definitely a list that I've driven to. I have like a classic rock play. I, I, I did get a speeding ticket while that song was on. Yeah, and I actually told the cop. And he's like, man, I, I know what you mean, but I got it. I was driving my Corvette, and I had just put new tires on it. And when you put $1,000 worth of tires on a car... I got on the highway, I'm driving down by the Tropicana, Tropicana Field, and I'm clipping along, and I'm like, oh, this is smooth. Oh, this car is handling so great right now. I look in the rearview mirror, and he's lit up like an ice cream truck, so I pulled over. License registration, please, and he goes, I get an idea how fast you were going? I, I wanted to say, your line, no, I'm not going to do your fucking job, too. I did the speeding, you're supposed to tell me how fast, Eddie. They love that one. Yeah, that's really funny. They have no sense that, of humor. That gets you. And, and he said, uh, 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 why, were, why were you going so fast? I said, uh, the brutal truth, officer. I just put the brand new tires on the car. You can see it's still got the little spikes, the little rubber spikes sticking out. They're brand new. I'd had a wobble in one of the tires, and I got on the highway, and that wobble wasn't there. And God forbid, Radar Love came on. <laughs> and he laughed. He gave me a warning. 
<laughs> it actually gave me a warning. That's funny. My license plate actually also got me out of it too, because the license plate says I'm a DJ, and we got to talking about that. Okay. Anyway, so uh, That's enough a- about radar love and golden earring and my thousand dollars on tires. Who do you think should be carved on Mount Rushmore as far as driving right. songs? So I'm gonna go to. Oh, we got someone's opinion on there. We're gonna address this. Uh, callers calling up during this segment. Hold on. I've been everywhere, man. Johnny Cash. Ooh, really? Yeah. You know, I, I just... I, I was... I don't know if I was listening to Johnny or if I was listening to, like, a, you know, like, sort of music in that genre and it, and it came on and it, I was I was probably on the interstate and uh, not many people around Right, so I'm t- the vibe keep, keep, was keep yeah. talking because I'm I'm saying yeah no, no you, you might be looking to to see if you've got got a clip of it handy just because it, it you know if you kind of think about is it, it called is it called everywhere man it might or, be called or, everywhere or man. I've yeah. been everywhere man I, I I thought it was I've been everywhere but you know what there's many times yeah keep well, keep talking I'll keep here. I'll keep looking at it is called. Oh God! It's not in his top list, boy. Yeah, this is just screwing everything up. Okay, so I don't. I, uh, but I, I'm familiar with the songs. I've been everywhere, man. Yeah, and it just kind of he's kind of listening destinations and the, the, sort of the tempo of the song. It, it, I, maybe as a road trippy kind of song. Maybe that's what I had in mind. Um, but I'll I'll, I'll 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 put that on as a as a as a contender for. Uh, for a good driving song. What, what other songs did you have? This one has to be there. Sammy? I can't drive 55. It's gotta be. There shouldn't be any arguing about this. Yeah. The song is literally about a speed limit. Yeah. Take it away, Sam. And again, it's got starts out with the speed, you know, like the reference to speed to the driving, and that that sort of sets the tone right out of the gate. Yep. And the tempo is a good driving I tempo. Can't drive. Fifty-five. Yeah, the tempo's got to be right. I was. It's funny. I was reading something that said, "Oh, the ideal tempo for driving music is between sixty and eighty beats per minute because that mimics the human heart the closest." And I looked at some songs that fit into that category, and I can tell you one thing. That is not the proper song. No. That is not that's too slow. Way too slow. That's, that's like listening to a ballad. If I want, if I have a reason I need to calm down, if I'm stressed or if I'm in traffic and I need to, to just escape, I maybe. But when I think of driving songs, I think it's like stuff where you want to turn the radio up and speed. Yeah. And have room in front of you if that is, is an option. So, um, so, yeah, I can't drive 55. How could you if there's no one in front of you and you got you know you got a song on with that tempo? And I was driving right after Jimmy Carter put that in place. I I, I couldn't get past 55 legally just about anywhere. I moved down to Florida mid mid 80s. They finally got rid of it. Like oh thank God. No thank God. Because I really had I struggled driving 55. Somehow made it to 70 on the uh, on the big interstates now. So we're Mm -hmm. improving. All right all right. I'm gonna throw one out there that I think I may have mentioned last. Uh, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, but uh, a Tom Petty song, "Running Down a Dream," I All think. Right. I think is a pretty good driving song. T- 
tempo-wise, kind of kicks things off and really gets right to it. And uh, it doesn't start right out of the gate with, you know, foot on the gas or something. something but I, I think was, I was driving. He mentions it early on. Trees went back. Me and Dale were singing. Mentions Del Shannon. Yeah. Song yes. Yep. Just kind of the experience of driving alone, zoning out, listening to music, looking at the trees, that whole. And it's just a great. I would, I would concur. I would yeah, concur. I think with it's a good that. one. Again, these are some that I'm trying to think. I'm like, wow, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a, so. Those were two that I didn't even think of, but they are. So this is. I think we're going to get a lot of emails on this for next week, saying, um, "How about this?" How about this? I can't believe you guys forgot this. Uh huh. Yeah, this is ripe for that one. Uh, what, 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 what else did I miss? I, I have one that um, is personal for me. Okay. Um, the way it starts out. She's real fine, my phone. Songs about cars, cars and girls. Save my pennies and I save my dimes. Giddy up, giddy up, four nine. I knew there would be a time. The song's less than two minutes long, and it's just not that revving up engines. And, yeah, and you know what? That kind of fits for the Beach Boys. You know, just they, they don't really have a bridge. They just just have two minutes of solid pop, great music, and that that is. I mean. Again, one of his driving songs. He's, he's got a few. I have a feeling that maybe fun, Brian fun, Wilson... Fun, Tell My Daddy Takes the T-Bird Away. I think Brian Wilson may have liked cars. I, I don't know. Just a suspicion. Just a suspicion. Just, just a little suspicion. I, I will tell you that the reason that that was so personal to me, and I don't know, it, I, I think of it as a driving song because we had a 1972 Chevy station wagon, Malibu station wagon, and had a 350 four-barrel and a four-bolt main in this thing. Okay. This thing screamed. It was the car that I had the high-speed chase with the police and oh, I got boy. away from them. That was that car. It had an under-dash 8-track player. So an AM-FM radio in the car, under-dash 8-track player. We had the Beach Boys' greatest hits. Put that sucker in. And, and that song was track one. So when Perfect. you put it in start the car, you hear, She's real fine, my 409. And, and, I, and I would rev the engine. <laughs> And that, to me, that's that's ingrained in me. It's a driving, Absolutely. it's a driving song. Oh yeah! If you've got a two-minute drive, it's perfect. That's about two minutes. Two minutes off. So I, I would, I would, I would like to lob that or start yeah. to carve that in. I think it's uh, it's one that we have uh, yeah. a few more here. I, I don't know that. I don't know that there's ever. ever I, don't know, I don't know that we'll ever. How long have that stutter, Paul? Ever since uh, I was a wee forty-three-year-old, I um. I don't know if that we'll have a definitive uh, answer here because I, I, the more I think about them, like there's a lot. So I'm gonna go with a personal one. This is this, I don't think this is gonna be on your list, and I don't know how many people it would be. 409 wasn't on your list. But, no, but I I like it, and I think it's a good driving song. This I'm gonna go the other way for just to switch the vibe. I'm gonna go for kind of a melancholy uh, driving song uh, by Supertramp, "Long Way Home." Ooh, long way home. Which right. is, if you're depressed, if you're kind of feeling maybe at a crossroads in your life, if you feel like you're going nowhere or confused about your direction, it's it's sort of, I think it's one of those songs that 
would be a good driving song for you if you have the time to sort of decompress on a long ride home. That's a very specific vibe, but it, 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 it kind of is like, again, it's not one where you're rocking out. It, this is sort of a, uh, if I want to wallow a little bit, I, I feel like it has a little bit of that, uh, and I, it does kind of a long intro, but... Are you suicidal at this point in the song? This is where it builds up. You know, you t- this is where you tie him, tying on things, and you know, getting the loose ready, and then just. Uh... And that's the thing, you know, when a song has an intro like this, if you're in the car to by yourself, it doesn't really matter. You know, as DJs, we would skip all this. We probably wouldn't play this song altogether, but it doesn't matter when we're in the car. Good song for a performer, a performer lament kind of thing, you know. Okay. I, I, guess, I, I, guess, I guess I see where your where your head's yeah. at. Um, and again, that's a personal thing, so I, I don't think that's going to be on a lot of people's list. If, but if that's the case, then every song by the group America is a driving song. Yeah, <laughs> and they do. <laughs> it's just, it's just. Maybe this is too broad of a brush. I don't know. No, no, no. I, I don't think it's too broad. I, of a brush. I do like the cat. I do like because it is a specific genre when I think about it. You but know? it's like America, the the tour bus for the for the group America broke down. Um, there was a lady, uh, an elderly lady who broke down the side of the road. That their bus didn't break down. The elderly lady was broken down that side of the road, and Supertramp's bus pulled over, but they couldn't help her because they were too much in the middle of the road. Okay, that's basically it. Just um, along, along those same lines, it's like America. I love a lot of their songs. I really do. Uh, Horse with no name, and you know, I always uh, tell Mark, who is always looking for songs that require no singing talent for karaoke. I said, sing any song by America, you'll be fine. Yeah. Because they just talk their way through with melodic sounds in the background. Maybe that's the secret, you know. And maybe weather, and I think maybe weather plays a factor too. I think for a song like "Long Way Home," or even you know, oddly enough, I was listening to uh, Robert Plant's "Big Log" came on. I was listening to like a nineteen, you know, nineteen early, yeah. And the vibe again, kind of like a, it's been a sort of a depressing couple of weeks. That the weather's been crappy. The drive here was really rainy. It was a great... Oh, we had Hurricane Elsa come through today, by the way, people, yeah. and gusts were... Oh, up in the 20s, oh, at least the 20s, 20s, maybe the 25s. Wow. But it was a dreary day, and very just... And it just, again, it, that that song uh, would fit something like that. It's not... Uh, I had no palm fronds in my front yard, so as far as I'm concerned, it wasn't a hurricane. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I guess I can see where you're coming from. A driving song doesn't have to mean driving fast. But, but I... I I prefer to think of it that way because I want to be in a good mood. I want to be riding that wave of adrenaline when I think of a driving song. But I thought also, like, maybe I should should acknowledge. And I can tell you this. Songs don't make people emotional. Songs bring back memories of a person, a place, or a time. Sure. This next song in the driving song segment of Mount Rushmore, is it, it, it's a memory to me. I don't know if you remember the first time you were driving a car alone, the song that was on the radio, I, but I do. God, I don't. But I, I do. Wish I, I did. absolutely positively like do. Know. Um, I got my driver's license, and my mom still insisted. For I, I think it was six months. It felt like forever before she was going to let me drive a car by myself. Did you, like, sit in the passenger seat? Oh, no, I drove, but she sat in the passenger seat. Right, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. she would just want to be there. So she will, uh, I said, Mom, I can run out the store. I'll go with you. You can drive. Okay, all right. I had my license, just Mom. Just wanted to check You on. know, the, the people at the Department of Motor Vehicles think I can drive. <laughs> so, 
I'll never forget. It was a Saturday morning, and I said something about uh, I need to run over to Grandpa's to do something. And she says, oh, well, why don't you run over to your aunt's and pick up something for me? Here, go ahead. And she tossed me the keys. I get in our 1975 Dodge Dart Swinger. Baby, slant <laughs> six. We're talking slant six oh, yeah. here. Okay? Slant six. Giddy. This this base this car is the Steve Carell of automobiles. <laughs> okay, it's just right there in the middle, and I get in the car, and I'm driving by myself, and this song comes on. Robert Robert Palmer, and I'm telling you right now, it's a great one. This is a driving song. Oh yeah. For me. Oh yeah. It is. <laughs> Again, right out of the gate, the tempo is built for driving to me when this song comes on I think of that moment sitting alone in the driver's seat of that 1975 Dodge Dart and again I can picture windows down elbow out the side just kind of like you know one hand on the steering wheel exactly that that absolutely fits bad case of love again not one I thought of on the way here absolutely a driving song so maybe maybe I'll I want I'm going to ask the listener okay here listener lightersideofdark.com what did we mi- we're missing a lot I know we'll probably even mention a few more Highway to Hell how about Highway to Hell ACDC great, that's a great driving great driving upbeat. song there's one I had forgotten so we're forgetting more maybe maybe we'll be inspired to uh, to expand on it or at least give the listeners their due so write us and tell us what we missed I'll, I'll read them out next week got any others? Um, what else do they have in the How could you miss the I Eagles? That's Life that's in the, the fast thing, yeah. lane. Again, that would and this would on this was on my uh, radar love playlist, of course. My classic rock, seventies kind of southern classic rocky. It's literally. Oh, this is great. Life in the fast. This is Glenn Frey all the way. That oh. that guitar is such Glenn Frey guitar, and it's oh. a great riff, great bluesy, but but but. Up tempo, like again, drivingy, and blues is normally so. Did you just coin a new word, drivingy? Drivingy, bluesy, uh, ballady, rock ballady. Uh, just throw a Y on anything, people, and you can create your own words. Drivingly, bigly. It's right. Oh wait, oh. drivingly, drivingly. You, no, you don't. I'm gonna hold on to that with oh, both uh, hands oh, as yeah. long as I can. Drivingly. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep. We'll create a new word. Every week here, it's uh, on, on the lighter side. So yeah, radar love's got to be on the list. I think can't drive fifty five's got to be on the list. The others are still kind of, I don't know, subject to maybe 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 when I see what people will say, we can we can definitively say what those final two are and, and and wrap it up because I feel like we're not. I don't know if we're gonna get closure. I feel like I'm on my way home. I feel like I'm gonna think of like, oh shit, I forgot this one. Um, so. I think we mentioned some legitimate ones. I'm trying to think of another upbeat, like. Well, I mean, you could go with Elvis Presley's "Spin Out" from the movie "Spin Out." Great driving song. That was the movie where he played the the uh, the the really good-looking guy who fell in love with the girl next door, mm. and the other girl was trying to steal him away. You know that one? Mm. Yes. Oh, that one. Yes, yeah. that one. All of them. Yes. Essentially, that all. 
So, uh, all right, well, we have covered uh, a lot today. We went long in segment number one. We apologize for those of you that love the same commercials you hear week after week on our show. I I, when I'm listening to our own show live, I fast forward through Me them. too. We so, uh, but we went a little bit long in that one. But we covered a lot of uh, topics. Uh, the, the craziness that's been Hurricane Elsa, like I said, Ooh. gusts of 20 miles an hour, sometimes water standing a half an inch deep in some places. Yeah. My hair got wet walking up to the studio, so I am... And, and today I was putting on my sunglasses, taking them off, putting them on, taking them off, putting them on. To, I just like so, it was crazy. You know, you don't know what we're going through here in in this area. But and then we uh, we solved all the world's problems with the hypocrisy of religion in about four minutes. Four minutes, and, and it's over. Just worked uh, out pretty well. Then we talked about uh, Tommy James and the Shondells. A lot more music from that guy than we had originally thought, and a lot of good music. So much that was covered by four different people. Yeah. The 80s were a renaissance for Tommy's uh, only music. Only um, group to ever have two songs covered that both went number both one number within one. weeks of each other. And his cover, but he started with one number one, so it's weird how the world works. Isn't that crazy? And then we found out about uh, driving songs, so that'll be on uh, our Facebook page, which is? LSD Podcast. You can find us there. Or Lighter Side of the Dark. Or Lighter Side of Dark also. So you can type in either one on Facebook. Uh, you can just go to our website, lightersideofdark.com, and find all the same things through there. You can email us through there. You can even find Facebook through there. So just go to the website and, and work out, out from there. And uh, let us know what's up. What do you want to hear? What do you want to talk about? Season 4, Episode 5 is now uh, in the books. Paul, it's been a pleasure working with me. It really has. We'll see everybody back uh, next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Take yep. care, everybody. Later. Lighter Side of the Dark podcast is a brainchild of DJs Rob Smith and Paul Solio, a weekly podcast recorded in the famed DJ School Studios in Spring Hill, Florida. Original music provided by Seth Brook and a local Tampa band called Utska. Announcer, Dave Anthony. Nothing in the podcast is meant to be taken seriously for entertainment purposes only. Written and produced by both Rob Smith and Paul Solio. Visions of RSP Events and Entertainment and Solio Entertainment. Edited by Rob Smith. Written by Paul Solio. Hey everybody, Rob Smith here from the Lighter Side of Dark. Thanks for taking a few minutes out of your busy day to listen to one of our podcasts. Don't be afraid to go back in the archives and start at the beginning. Season 1, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, but first of all, thanks for being a listener. We do appreciate it.